This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back to the Swamp 24-7 Podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with my co-hosts Blake Alderman and Jacob Rudner. We wanted to get Blake back on the show. It's been a little bit since he's been on. Obviously, a lot of recruiting going on, and we'll get to that in the second half of the show. But Blake, first off, how you been, man? Good. I'm still living in a city of boxes, if you can see my boxes right there. And my garage is still um, Box City, I like to call it there. So um, excited to finally have a setup in here and not have to do this in my kitchen again with uh, like earbuds in there and like... Um, or my AirPods, and it sounds like crap. I was getting so many messages like on on the site on Swamp Twenty Four Seven. It's like, dude, are you recording in a potato? Like your audio sounds awful. So hopefully this is uh, this is better. All right, well, let's get into it. I wanted to talk a little bit of spring football in the first half of the show. Obviously, you know, Jake and I have kicked around a lot of different topics, so I wanted to get get your thoughts on some of what's gone on in spring football. Obviously, quarterbacks are the big story. I think depth generally. Um, but Blake, where are you at right now with, with what you've seen reported out of the spring? What are you kind of looking for as we head into this spring game? You know, I really want to see the running game up close. You know, I know through the windows you guys get to see, you guys have seen more of that. Um, you know, you, you see the history that, that Billy Napier has had at ULL in recent years. They were, you know, really focused on running the ball and trying to establish the run game. Um, I think that Florida's running back room is probably one of the more impressive rooms when you look at it from top to bottom. Um, so I'm excited to see those guys, you know, that, that three-headed monster of Montreal Johnson, uh, Lorenzo Lingard, who has had a lot of positive talk about him this spring. Um, and my Polk County brethren, uh, Demarcus Bowman, I'm excited to see him there, um, get some more burn there and kind of see if he lives up to that five-star type of billing, which, you know, kind of the same uh, scenario that Lorenzo Lingard's in. Um, you know, I think whenever you hear Billy Napier talk, you know, from reading the coverage you guys have had and, and watching the press conferences, you know, the talk of depth, I think, is something that I'm interested to see as well, because we have a guy that says, you know, we have a solid idea of, you know, maybe the first and second team. But past that, you know, I, I think even after the first scrimmage, he said that they don't really even have a third team. Um, so kind of seeing where where those glaring needs are and more of a game type situation, um, because, you know, Billy Napier has said he's going to hit the uh, hit the transfer portal hard. His staff is going to hit the transfer portal hard. So I really want to get maybe a more ironed out idea, since I haven't seen as much practice as you guys, of where those glaring areas are. You know, I think we have an idea of where some of those areas are, um, but you really get a better idea of seeing that in kind of the the first chance of a real game like situation that the spring game brings. Jacob, let me let me go to you on that point. Um, you know, we've had the chance to talk to sources, obviously, at practice, and, and we've been out there for some limited win- media viewing, uh, limited windows, obviously. But I'm curious, where, where are sort of the spots where you think, you know, those depth concerns are biggest right now? Uh, it's going to be offensively, definitely at tight end. I mean, we've discussed that several times just with the injuries that Florida's had this spring. That's a very thin room. Uh, Dante Zanders has played a, a major role in any tight end work that's happened. We've actually heard that he's had a good spring, but still that's a very thin room from a depth perspective. 
Uh, and then I would say on the out, the edges of the offensive line at the tackle positions, I think that Florida is still looking for guys who can be consistent uh, contributors in those roles. And that could be an area that we even see them target in the transfer portal after spring ball is over. Uh, and then defensively, I would say it's right up front as well. Defensive tackle. Lamar Goods just entered the transfer portal. Billy Napier said that that was a thinner position group. And he also pointed to inside linebacker and safety as well. Yeah, I, you know, one of the interesting things about the way these spring games work, and we don't know exactly, I guess the interesting thing is we don't know how Florida is going to sort of break up the roster, right? A lot of coaches will, you know, sort of stick the first team line all on, on one team and then, you know, second team line on another group. Florida's been mixing personnel throughout the spring pretty routinely, I would say. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, do they take both Keon Zipper and Dante Zanders and try to work some two tight end stuff in the spring game? I think those are all interesting questions. I got to be honest with you. I, I am most interested to see the quarterbacks because, look, we're at Florida. There's three statues of Heisman Trophy winners outside. And right or wrong, Anthony Richardson was being talked about after the first two games last year in that same conversation of potential Heisman guy down the road. I haven't seen it yet from what we've seen this spring. Granted, limited windows, but I think that's been backed up mostly by some of the reporting that you and I have done, Jacob, speaking to the sources behind the scenes. We know that Anthony Richardson can can make it happen in games, right, when things are clicking. So I'm curious to see how much of, I guess, the reported inconsistency that we've heard about shows up in the spring game. You know, I, I wrote about it today on Swamp 24-7. Billy Napier, when we talked to him Saturday after the scrimmage, sort of said, you know, basically he didn't pile on to the quarterbacks for having a poor performance or anything like that. Didn't really give an in inclination one way or the other, how he's feeling about that spot. What he instead did was focus on some of those other spots like receiver where the depth is a little bit less, less fleshed out, right? Uh, like tight end and sort of, I think the, the thing that we're seeing Jacob is, is Billy Napier is kind of focused on the big picture, right? We're not hearing a whole lot of talk about individual play. And so I do think to some degree this this spring game is almost a chance for some of these individual players to start to earn some recognition, right? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I, I think that by nature, Billy Napier tends to avoid talking about individual performances. And I think that there's two reasons for that. I think one, he really is just trying to familiarize himself with this roster. And like you said, there is a degree to which there's a team building aspect of just not singling guys out and focusing on the collective rather than, you know, singling out individual players. I would also say, however, though, that I don't think that he's one to really easily give out praise. I think it takes a lot to earn uh, a, a good job or an attaboy from Billy Napier. And we know that because even in the 15 minute windows that we've seen, I've only heard him actually directly commend an individual player a handful of times, maybe three or four instances of that. Uh, and, and so I would say that there's probably a degree to which he just doesn't feel as though there are any individuals worthy of singling out yet. And that's not to say that the people have been bad or, or the team has performed poorly by his standards, but they just might not be at a point yet where he's willing to go in front of the media and say, this is a standout performer because that puts that person on another level. And I don't think that he's the type of coach who's going to be willing to do that very easily. It's going to take a lot in order to individually talk about one player. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Blake, uh, I'm curious, kind of shifting gears a little bit towards staff, because Jacob and I have, have talked a lot about sort of the structure that Napier's built. And I know that, you know, you're involved on that sort of from the other side with recruiting and, and talking to kids and, and hearing how their visits went. Um, what is your impression of how the operation is running, I guess, from the recruiting standpoint? And then I want to dovetail that into 
Florida is kind of making an interesting decision having its spring game on a Thursday. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. You know, I, I think from a recruiting standpoint, when you look at the staff, you know, whenever you have so many so many people designated for positions, and then it's even kind of like a, a tree with different branches. So um, each position has different personnel involved in there. I think one of the things that, uh, you know, you talk to the offensive linemen that come and visit Florida, they've come in droves so far this spring, um, is, you know, not only are they impressed with the fact that there are two offensive line coaches on field with Rob Sale and Darnell Stapleton, but there's a, a strength trainer um, it, it, for just offensive linemen. You know, there's a couple guys off the field that, you know, work with the offensive linemen. So I think the attention to detail as far as having multiple people involved with the staff um, for, for position to position basis, I think is one of the things I think offensive line is more glaring, um, but just the operation in general, you know, um, going out to a couple visitor weekends that they've had. Um, in the past, you know, you've seen a couple, you know, maybe a position coach outside, you know, um, outside the football offices waiting for a recruit to arrive with their family. But with this staff, I mean, you can easily see 20, 25 people outside just to greet each visitor. Um, so I think that um, having more bodies in general and being able to make an, uh, you know, an appearance right out as soon as you get out of the car, you know, I think is one of the things where you just have so many people excited to see you. Um, and obviously a deep room of just different people, uh, you know, can, can facilitate that. Um, I think whenever you talk to guys that have visited under this staff compared to the old staff, you get more of a personal vibe from them. Um, I even had one guy that, uh, you know, is visiting for the spring game uh, this coming Thursday that had visited twice previously under the old staff. Um, he said that he went to the Alabama game this past year for Florida, and he thought that they had overbooked that game, that there were too many recruits there that weren't you know, wow. able to get the time around the staff. And he said that, you know, he wasn't getting as much time around the staff as he wanted, um, but he did see like, a, you know, an underclassman 2025, 2026 type of guy that was getting all this time around the coaching staff. And he's kind of sitting there thinking like, man, you know, like he was a 2023 guy and, and granted that was the 2022 class. But, you know, I mean, yeah, that matters. That's the next class up and that matters. And I don't think that you would see things like that from this staff, A, because I think that you would more likely see them prioritize a guy that's coming up more as, you know, being those upperclassmen types. Um, but I think just having so many people there to be able to handle those types of big visitor weekends, I think is going to be more prevalent. Um, you, you've had a lot of guys that say that they feel the staff is more geared towards recruiting. Uh, they talk to guys more. And I, I've, you know, I've even heard that Billy Napier wants to take, you know, let's say you have, you know, Jimmy five star right here that they're going to hear from at least three people on the staff, whether that's Billy Napier himself, who I think one of the biggest glaring differences is that he's more involved in being a head coach recruiting than the you know previous staffs that I've covered, but also having multiple people, not just one guy, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's the, the wide receiver coach or the running back coach, whatever position you are talking to you, but you have, you know, the offensive coordinator, you have the head coach, you have guys on the off field staff. Um, so they make it a point to have not just one person talking to a guy, but multiple coaches and you see them more consistently with it. I think that was one of the things under Dan Mullen, where you just seen that, you know, they throw out an offer, you know, and they kind of just would expect the Florida logo to sell itself. And I see, you see this staff that, you know, they take a lot of pride in Florida. They know the brand is big, um, but they also put in the effort too. And I think that the biggest thing that shows that is obviously Billy Napier doing all the recruiting. As far as the game being on a Thursday for Florida, I'm interested to see how the visitor list goes out because you would just think, you know, I even think of myself, if I was in high school and it's, you know, kind of the, the week leading up there. And, you know, I tell my mom, Hey, I want to go to Gainesville, you know, on a Thursday night, like, you know, where parents have work schedules and whatnot. Um, I could probably say that I'd get a no out of that one if it was me as a high school kid. Um, so I'm interested to see if the move is there, the visitor list that we have on swamp 24 seven of names that have confirmed. I'll keep checking those. Jacob will keep checking those too. He's been involved in that with me as well. Um, we'll check those names and double check them and make sure that, you know, we have a solid idea of those guys coming in the game. Like I said, so far it's pretty solid for a Thursday, but I'm interested to see how many of those guys actually 
actually show up because I, I think it's tougher to get guys to come in on a Thursday compared to a Saturday. Yeah. And Blake, I know the last time that I talked to you on this podcast, we talked about sort of expectations for the month of, month of March with obviously so many high profile visitors coming in. And, you know, Florida, I think right now is still sitting at one commitment. Um, so they haven't necessarily had sort of the tangible signs that recruiting is going well, despite all the comments that we've heard from recruits that you and Jacob have both reported on that seem overwhelmingly positive. And obviously the, the visitor lists themselves have been spectacular. I think a lot of people are looking at this spring game right or wrong as maybe the jumping off point for some of that activity. And we'll get into some of the, the, the actual names in the second half of the show. But I think the interesting dynamic here is obviously, you know, Easter is on Sunday. And Florida wanted to avoid, you know, sort of having fans pick between a traditional Saturday spring game and and time with family, that kind of thing. And I, and I also think, you know, having it on Thursday gets Florida at least some of the spotlight. Now, the game's not being broadcast on on linear TV channels. It's it's only streaming. Um, so I don't know how much, you know, a random recruit will flip on, say, ESPN and see Florida. Like, that's not going to be the case. But I think for the the sort of momentum in recruiting to start building, Florida needs to have this be a pretty good outcome. Even if there's not a ton of commitments, they need to have sort of that buzz and that energy in the swamp. And I think, Jacob, we've heard Billy Napier talk about it this week. That's going to come from the students. Like to Blake's point, when you when you have the game on a Thursday night and people have work potentially the next day or you know they're coming from Tampa or Jacksonville or Orlando, you may not have some of the alumni there that would be there if it was on a Saturday. So I think, Jacob, it's really going to be a test of how well Billy Napier has been able to connect with the students and how much the students are sort of feeling the energy that when you and I are out there at practice, you can feel it with the staff. That, that to me, is going to be interesting. What are your thoughts on that? Well, there's no doubt about that. And I would also say that there's been little doubt left in my mind that Billy Napier has done his part in trying to make sure that that's happened. Every single time we talk about the spring game with him, there's a comment about, I need people to be there. We need people in the stands. We need to pack the swamp. Uh, we got to make sure that our student athletes are in an environment where it's game-like. And that has twofold importance. Obviously, A, you want to get your players in as game-like a scenario as possible. But B, like you and Blake said, there's an importance to just having people out there and showing that they care for when you're trying to put together an impressive recruiting experience. And to my point about how I think Billy Napier has really done his part, he told us that he walked around campus and every single student he saw, he said, are you going to be at the spring game? And he said that there were a lot of yeses. So you never know, uh, you know, really what that means. But I would say that it's a positive sign when your head coach is taking walks and going having conversations with students and trying to implore them to please uh, be at the game on Thursday. Yeah, that's that's definitely something that Urban Meyer did early in his tenure at Florida was sort of the grassroots going to sorority houses, going to fraternity houses, encouraging everybody to come out. Uh, I want to say, oh man, now I didn't do enough research before this pod, but I want to say uh, they're doing something with fraternities to uh, sort of incentivize them to come. I forget, I forget the exact details. I'm uh, actually planning on writing about this later today on Swamp 24-7, so uh, shameless plug, be sure to hit the site. But I do want to talk about the actual recruits because I know Blake hasn't been on the show in a while. A lot of people are very interested in that. It sounds like the visitor list shaping up pretty good. So let's take a quick commercial break. And when we reconvene on the other side, we'll talk about some of the guys that are going to be in town that obviously Florida is going to push, uh, maybe some of them even towards a decision right after this break. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast introducing the two-way v4 where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell each step feels explosive delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience maximum comfort throughout the game it's lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 Podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with my co-hosts, Blake Alderman and Jacob Rudner. Both of these guys have been doing a fantastic job of covering recruiting for the Gators this spring, and there's been no shortage of recruiting news. So, Blake, big spring game. Everybody's looking at the commitment list. Not a lot of numbers on it right now. We talked about this, you know, a month ago. You're going to have to give it time to play out. And when you're going after some of these high-profile, five-star type guys, a lot of them are going to wait until... If not, you know, right before their senior year, maybe even all the way down to the early signing period. And that's just that's the name of the game when you're recruiting at a high level, really, when you're recruiting like you're supposed to recruit at Florida. So who are some of the guys, uh, the high profile ones for maybe the casual fans, the five star types who could be on campus for this spring game? And then maybe that fans need to keep a close eye on as far as starting to get this ball rolling with the 2023 class. Uh, you know, as far as high profile guys that are going to be there, um, you know, the, we're still kind of at a maybe zone with some of these guys, you know, uh, five star cornerback AJ Harris is a maybe um, that's not a, a from at least from talking to his dad. It's not a, a set plan to visit. It's something that they're talking about um, could possibly visit. Um, they're supposed to give me a, a, at least a finalized idea. Maybe in the next couple of days are going to talk about it because they've been traveling quite a bit. Um, you know, I had crystal balled him, uh, Jacob, also crystal balled him, Steve Wolfong, um, you know, the, the, the picks for Florida are rolling in on him. Um, and he was at Florida, uh, back in March, um, has visited, um, also in January, Florida's kind of been trending for him. Um, coming out of that last visit to Florida, uh, last month, you know, it seemed like Florida had take the edge there, um, coming back again. You know, I think that that's a guy that keep an eye on as far as, you know, those five-star top tier types of guys. Um, you know, some of these guys are getting their first ever visits. Um, you know, I, I think if I could pick someone else who, you know, I would put on commitment watch, um, even though I think it probably stretches into June is maybe four-star running back Trey on Webb. 
Uh, he's a guy that, you know, coming off of, a, a, I think, a second visit to Florida um, this year, back uh, the first weekend in April, um, really had a lot of buzz coming out of Florida on that that one. Um, from speaking to him after that visit to Florida, it, it certainly seemed like Florida was the team to beat. Um, but he's talking again, like I said, about taking some official visits in June. Um, so those are two guys just kind of off the top of my head. You know, I think that uh, in general, Florida's got a lot of guys, you know, if, if a four-star offensive lineman, Peyton Kirkland comes back to Florida or a four-star defensive lineman like Darrell Goldblanc, um, who is planning to be back at the spring game. Um, I think that those are guys that if you maybe get a wild feeling or if something changes, you know, maybe, um, but those guys have a July 23rd commitment date set. So I would think probably not on those guys as far as the spring game, um, but certainly encouraging getting them back, especially a guy like Derek LeBlanc, who, uh, you know, it's kind of a funny joke that I've seen on the site or on Twitter is that, you know, I think he's been to more spring practices than Ventrell Miller this year since he's had that class <laughs> schedule. Um, you know, he's a guy that I think it's five or six visits he's pushing now to Florida in general. Um, so he's definitely been a regular, uh, uh, at least since the new staff got there, he's been a regular visitor for them. Jacob, uh, who are some of the guys that you've had a chance to chat with this spring and uh, what's your impression of sort of where Florida's at with some of those guys? Yeah, I think the first thing I'll say, like like Blake had mentioned, it, it remains kind of up in the air on who's actually going to be at the spring game on Thursday. So my comments don't necessarily mean that these guys are going to be there, but rather that Florida is heading in a good direction. Uh, first guy is offensive lineman Najee Harris, four-star lineman. Uh, Florida feels really good about that recruitment. And just based off what Blake and I are hearing, it sounds like Harris might feel really good about that one as well. Uh, that's somebody whose recruitment could drag out a little bit longer as well. We're not entirely sure. Uh, he is one of the guys who's a little bit harder to get in touch with. Uh, but I, I would say that that's trending in a pretty positive direction. Uh, there have been, I, I would actually just broaden this out to offensive line recruiting in general. I think that, that Rob Sale and Darnell Stapleton have done a pretty solid job, uh, widely speaking, of staying in touch with recruits, of targeting the guys that they like. Uh, Tyree Adams is somebody who just visited out of Louisiana. I think things are headed in a really good direction uh, for the Gators with him. Uh, obviously, with any Louisiana recruits, LSU, if they're interested, just a hard-to-beat uh, competitor, and he does have an LSU offer. So that's one that you know could be interesting to watch. Uh, I'll, I'll circle back to Trayon Webb. Blake, you and I both have crystal balled. Uh, him to Florida. I think that's headed in a good direction. Uh, and yeah, I would just echo the guys that, that Blake had mentioned. Those are pretty much the standouts at the moment. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, like we talked about in the first half of the show, who turns out on Thursday. And we'll have Blake on the field to really get a, a, a scope of the attendance. Uh, and that'll be important because I think that Florida can actually take a really positive step uh, with guys on campus showing what they have in fan support, like we talked about, how that's going to be really important, uh, and just kind of staying in contact. And like Blake had mentioned already, one thing that the staff has done really well, and we've heard this from recruit after recruit, is the consistency of communication. It is, you know, some guys it's every day, some guys it's every other day. And then when they get them out onto campus, it is an extensive tour where they're talking to and meeting at least three staff members consistently. Sometimes it's more uh, and, and that we've got a lot of positive feedback on. So there aren't a ton of names other than the guys that I mentioned that I would add to the list that Blake had mentioned right now, but there's a lot of important stuff to watch for when we get to the spring game. Like sort of circling back around to what we talked about on, you know, the last time we had you on the show and in terms of setting expectations, obviously everybody's going to focus on the commit list, right? And, sure. and having a low number there right now, I think is going to concern some people. Do you have any level of concern with that right now? I guess the, the, the reason I ask is because I think recruiting 
momentum is so important, right? And a lot of times you'll hear people talk about getting that QB in the class as sort of the, the beginning building block of a class. Florida, it's usually your bell cow. It's usually your bell cow. Florida doesn't have one yet. I guess what I'm asking is, is where are you at from a big picture standpoint? Has your level of concern from where you were last time we were on the show, which was not really concerned at all, just based on the timeline, has it shifted at all? Or have you, ha, has any, I guess, shift that may have occurred been offset a little bit by some of these positive things that you're hearing as well? You know, I, I really, it hasn't shifted. And I say that because, you know, from talking to a lot of these guys that have visited so far this year, you really, if they visit under the last staff, you really realize how big of a hole some of these guys that, you know, for that Florida had to dig themselves out of for some of these guys, you know, Peyton Kirkland is one that, you know, the first visit he takes to Florida under the new staff, he says how it's 180% different. Uh, Tamorian Parker is another guy that will be visiting for the spring game. He's a four-star defensive lineman out of the state of Alabama. Um, he's a guy that visited on the previous staff and really didn't get a good vibe from them and had actually eliminated Florida and named a top five that Florida was not in, um, but he's coming back to the game, was reoffered by the new staff. He's really liked the direction there. So I think there are some building blocks there that you start to see Florida kind of crawl out of, uh, you know, out of the hole that they had for some of these guys. I would think that you would expect to start seeing some of these guys, you know, and I, I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, obviously Billy Napier, you know, in, in the spring putting out some kind of cryptic tweets of, you know, like the sunglasses emoji and that obviously builds a lot of hype. So I think that that has kind of gotten to where fans are really starting to see, you know, some of these, you know, kind of, you know, the hype is starting to be built. They want to start to see some of the product. And I don't know that that's really changed my concern. And I say that because you just see so many guys now that want to take those official visits and that's become more of a thing that guys do because in recent years, you can start taking those in April. It's not super popular, but you see a lot of those guys start to take them in June. And I think a lot of those guys, like you had said, want to get things done before their senior year. My judging point is always end of July, start of August, right there before you know the college season starts, before these high school player season starts. Because that's where a lot of the guys you see that flood of commitment start to roll in. And you look at other schools now, you know, like I said, that's that's my basis point. You look at some of the blue bloods in recruiting, you know, the Alabamas, you know, some of these other schools that are high up there, they're not overly reeling in commitments either. You know, you're not really seeing a lot of flood of commitments overall. And I think, again, that has to do with guys that are wanting to take those official visits and kind of get pampered. And, you know, I mean, shoot, if I could take five official visits, I would take them. You know, that's a chance when you're a high school guy to see some of those different things, to be courted um, and have it all paid for. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think even more now you're seeing the NLI part of you know, each school you go and visit, you hear their presentation of what they can do for you. And I think you see more recruits in general this spring starting to take these unofficial visits to kind of gauge, you know, what can you do for me in that aspect? So I think you're seeing more of these guys doing their research and taking these visits and going and see what other schools can do. So I think that that is also really slowed down the timeline for a lot of these guys making their decisions is the NIL. Yeah, I think not just that too, but you got to remember, a lot of these guys, these guys were sophomores during the COVID year when they couldn't get on campus. So you haven't had sort of the normal progression quite as much as you may have had in the past. And I think, you know, the flip side of that is, uh, well, one, Billy Napier's staff's coming from Louisiana. So there's only going to be so much crossover of guys that are, you know, in this 2023 class that they scouted realistically thinking they could get at Louisiana versus now where they're at Florida. So right. I, I do wonder, too, and I want to ask both of you guys this, and I'll start with Jacob. Do you think that there's some degree of Florida sort of trying to figure out its board, wanting to be selective, knowing this class needs to be really kind of a gangbusters class versus maybe they're setting up sort of a splash? 
You know what I mean? That like a, an event where a couple guys pop at the same time and all of a sudden everybody's talking about Florida. I mean, it's kind of hard to know exactly which direction they're trying to aim themselves in. But what I can say is that because it's early for them in their tenure at Florida and they are still trying to figure out what they want. One thing that I've noticed is that their board is evolving rapidly. So they have a set of guys who they know they want and an idea of when they want to try to get them committed by with a strategy to continue to grow the class out from there. But I think that that group and that list and that strategy is evolving literally daily. I think that it depends on who's coming out onto campus. It depends on the conversations that they're having and how they're feeling. And, you know, if they're feeling warm about one kid one day, that could change the next day. And I know for a fact, based on conversations with sources within the program, that that's the case quite often. There are a lot of guys who they're recruiting who they will feel great about. And then the next day feel terrible about based on a tweet that the kid put out or something that the kid said to the program behind the scenes. And that alters the strategy and the view of how they want to approach things based on to what you said. The other thing that I'll say with NIL, there's, there are plenty of families who aren't going on the record saying this, but I can say that there are plenty of families who are looking at that considerably. It's a massive factor in their recruitments. And I think that we actually had an opportunity and we talked about it on our last podcast, Thomas, we heard about how much Florida knows that they are accounting for that in a big way. And they're making a considerable part of their programs behind the scenes staffing dedicated to making sure that recruits are feeling that they care and know and are educating themselves about NIL. Like, let me toss that over to you. I mean, do you think we could have a splash if, even if not the spring game, do you think the staff is sort of building that into the, the equation here? You know, I, I don't think so. You know, I think that if you get a commitment, I think you take it and you continue to build. I, 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 like you said earlier, and it really stuck out to me is momentum is such a thing. So I don't know that they're really setting things up. You know, could it play out that way? Like I said, you know, uh, you know, guys like Derek LeBlanc, Peyton Kirkland, Malik Bryant, those are all four-star guys that are making their decision on July 23rd. Um, Florida is the common denominator for a lot of those guys. I don't think it's a set 100% deal that they pick the same school. I think it's more of just... I don't think they're a package deal is what I'm okay. trying to say. I don't think those guys are planning to pick the same school, but if Florida was able to land a couple of those guys or, or anything, that's obviously, you know, could, could come out to be a plan type of big splash because, you know, landing four, four star players in the top two, four, seven is obviously going to, going to move the needle. But I think in general, um, you know, I, I think it's just going to be something that you want to build over time. And I think if you get that first guy, um, you know, like I said, of an AJ Harris, you know, that's a guy that, you know, I felt that Florida was a leader for. He's a five-star guy. He's one of the top cornerbacks in the nation. That's kind of a headliner type of guy that a lot of guys have either camped with or know or talked to from prior visits. That's the kind of momentum that, you know, if, if you see one guy go in, then you can start to see maybe an avalanche. You know, you could see, um, you know, and I'm, I'm speaking hypothetically here, but whenever you see that avalanche start to roll and you've done such a good job recruiting a lot of these guys, you have guys that come on multiple visits, continue to speak highly of the staff. I think when you start having an idea of who's in that class with you, I think that you can start to get maybe, you know, some guys would be saying, Hey man, what am I waiting for? I'm going to jump on board. You know? So I think that that's one of the things um, to really, the biggest thing to me that jumps out is, is if this spring game goes and they can get some guys to, you know, they're maybe on the ledge to pull the trigger. Um, could some other guys, you know, decide to jump on board for the spring game too, as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's just how you play out with a lot of these visitors. Um, for regular games, spring games, junior days, however you want it. You know, if you get that one guy going, um, some other guys could start, it, it could start to be contagious. 
there, there's also a degree to which you're recruiting recruiters. You bring in prospects who are high profile, and then you're relying on those guys to try and bring in other high profile prospects who they've camped with, like Blake said, or they're friends with, or they go to school with. So there's a degree to which not only is there just momentum in general about having more guys on the board who other athletes see and then potentially want to pull the trigger on their own recruitment, but guys are going to talk. So you get an AJ Harris and who is he talking to? Who of his friends is he, is he capable of reaching out to and then trying to influence their decision? So, you know, there's momentum, but there's also just the degree of which you bring in certain guys and then they start talking. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Blake. I think one of the things too, that whenever you had asked Jacob was about maybe the board in the spring. Um, I think that they have a board. I think that they have an idea of some of those things, but I think it's extremely fluid this time of the year. You know, I think that you offer different guys or conversations that you have with them on visits, you know, can kind of change the pecking order there. Um, but I think in, I think that some of those positions that are maybe a little bit fluid, like, you know, you look at running back, you know, obviously four-star running back, Cedric Baxter, um, five-star running back, Richard Young. You can tell that those guys, you know, just highly ranked, highly talented. Those guys are going to be your top tier types of guys. And that doesn't matter whether, you know, you go see them in spring football, or if you see them in January, you know, that those guys are, are dudes, you know, for lack of a better term. Um, but I think that some of those guys, as far as you know, you go see a guy in spring practice that, you know, is at a position that you've got other guys that you maybe have graded out sort of the same. Um, could that board change and become more fluid after you see them in person, get some film, start to do more evaluation? Because just from over the course of the staff that we've seen, you've seen how heavy they are in evaluating. Right. You, know, you start out with a guy in the recruiting office. They like that film. They pass it on up the chain of command all the way up to Billy Napier, who finally gives the okay. So I think that the attention that they take from recruiting office to position coach, to coordinator, to head coach, as far as a evaluating these types of guys and getting different eyes on things. Um, you know, I, I think that the, the spring evaluation period, I think does play a part in kind of pecking order that you take over into the spring and the fall. Um, but I think it, it's not always the case for, you know, guys that are, you know, they're, they're bona fide stars. So, um, you know, I think that that was one thing that stuck out from one of the questions you had asked. Good deal. Anything that we need to talk about maybe that we haven't yet in terms of spring game recruiting, anything we're not getting on yet? You know, I, I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I think in, in general, um, you know, I'll have a, a visitor preview once we start to get some of these names ironed out. Jacob and I have, have been hitting, you know, hitting the, the the phones and the texts and the DMs and, you know, all those types of things trying to, you know, get a solid idea. So we should have that closer to the end of the week, obviously, whenever that game starts up. So um, I'm interested to see, like I said, who comes out for that game. Um, once we have an idea of those names, I think that that's whenever things start to become more clear of, you know, maybe some guys to watch heading into that game or, um, you know, maybe if Florida can continue to get some of these guys back on campus again, like they have, you've just seen so many common visitors this spring. So those are some of the storylines, I guess, from recruiting, like maybe early out that, I, that I'm keeping an eye on at least. Jacob, anything else? <laughs> no, I think that that really covers it. I, I would say that the biggest focus is from a recruiting standpoint, like Blake said, we really want to figure out who's going to be out there and how that might influence the process for some of those guys and whether or not Florida can land certain commitments uh, quickly and how that can influence the rest of the class. And then from a team perspective for you and I, Thomas, I think we're really trying to see a lot of the things that we've discussed on previous podcasts. What does the depth situation look like? Uh, how are the quarterbacks performing in real game-like scenarios that we're able to get our eyes on? And just how do we assess the team in game-like scenarios, because remember, we haven't seen that yet. So this is right. going to be our first time, along with everybody else's, of actually watching this team in a game-like scenario. And it's going to be our first opportunity to generate takeaways from that based off of our view of it, not off what we're hearing. So I think that's going to be really important. We're going to have a lot of content based on those takeaways and just kind of what we learn 
Uh, and that's going to really set the, the tone for the summer and just how this team goes about transfer portal, recruiting. Uh, it, it really all gets shaped by what's going on in spring ball. And we're going to get a pretty clear picture of that, I think. Awesome, awesome stuff, guys. All right, well, we will leave it there for today's episode of the Swamp 24-7 podcast. Spring game on Thursday night. If you're not attending it in Gainesville, it is being streamed on SEC Network Plus, so be sure to tune in. We'd love to get your thoughts on the spring game on the message boards at Swamp 24-7. As Blake noted, we will have plenty of coverage of the guys that are going to be in campus. We'll be confirming the guys that have arrived, that kind of thing. And then obviously after the game, Jacob and I will have extensive team coverage, breaking down everything we saw. And Blake and Jacob will also have recruiting updates from the guys that visited. And hopefully, uh, maybe we can start to see some momentum build for Florida in recruiting. But that'll do it for today's episode of the Swamp 24-7 podcast, guys. We appreciate you tuning in. And we will be back on Friday breaking down some of what we saw in Thursday night's spring game. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.